Hello, and welcome to the seventh season of Scene to Song, a musical theater podcast for people who love to discuss, critique, and celebrate musicals as a literary art form. I'm your host, Shoshana Greenberg, and each episode, I'll bring on a guest to talk about a musical, musical theater writer, or a topic or trend in musical theater. My guests today are Will Anderson and Rachel Joyce Anderson, a real-life married couple who make funny and educational theater content online, best known as the theater lovers. Alongside their memes, sketches, and videos, their captions frequently delve into theater history and current events, detailing the reasons why these musicals and plays have the power to move us. We're going to talk today about comedy songs in musical theater. Hey, Will and Rachel, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, Shoshana, it is such an honor. We've wanted to do this for so long. So thank you for having us. Thank you. Yay. Well, we'll go right into our get to know our guest questions. So what was your first experience with a musical? Um, For me, I, uh, my parents are both musicians and they would play in the pit for different shows and um, we would listen to different cast albums in the car but the first show that i ever saw was i saw sweeney todd when i was in third grade excellent um way too young (laughs) other relatives very mad (laughs) but it explains a lot about will Mm -hmm. so why I love musical theater and why I hate the barber. That's right. <laughs> and for me, it was, um, I got shown a lot of movie musicals as a, uh, like a very small kid. So there's a story um, that my parents used to tell that like at two years old, I had like packed a bag and told them that I was moving. I'm from just outside of Chicago. And I told them that I was uh, moving to New York. And they were like, how do you even know what New York is? And we whittled it down to a, a, a very early viewing of Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> They're like, you're not moving to New York. You still wet the bed. Folks <laughs> <laughs> on them. I'm here now. <laughs> nice. Uh, what is the last great musical you saw? I think that it's a combination of Here Lies Love and Shucked. Um, Which couldn't be more different. So different. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I, if there were a combination of that show, those two shows, I would that would be an interesting musical. <laughs> for a really weird afternoon yeah. with those. Yeah. And for me, it's like the the two that I've seen most recently, which is Marilyn and Anne Juliet, and again, just couldn't be more different. <laughs> but nice. Like, like we said, we're the theater lovers, so it's like we find something in in everything we see that we love. What's a musical that people would be surprised to find out you love and why would they be surprised? I feel like given our whole philosophy about theater and that like every show is somebody's favorite show that we, we find things that we love in every show, like legitimately. Um, I'm not sure if we'll keep this. Um, (laughs) Go on. For the kind of critical and social um, drubbing that Bad Cinderella got, when we saw it, we were like, oh my gosh, this moment in the second act was so worthwhile. Yeah, I'm so sorry. That's in Bad Cinderella. For those of you who have seen Bad Cinderella, now I want this to stay. For those of you who have 
Red Cinderella. That reveal in the second act, I guess I can talk about it now because it's like long closed, but the reveal of the oldest prince coming. Did you see Bad Cinderella? I didn't. I, yeah. Okay. For, for, for story context, everyone in the town is uh, sad that the their most handsome prince- And the heir apparent. And the heir apparent mm. is, has been missing. And they've built a statue to him celebrating him. And in front of this statue, they sing a song about like, we're all so- uh, Beauty like, is our duty. Beauty is our duty. We're athletic and handsome and pretty and all of these things. So the audience goes through the show thinking that the men and women that they're looking at are the most beautiful that exist, right? Mm-hmm. And that they like worship this prince, but like he's gone now, we've all moved on, right? Yeah. In the second act, um, when it's like a classic, like the the second prince is marrying somebody, uh, Cinderella's stepsister instead of Cinderella. And she has uh, established that she's trying to to make it to the wedding in time to break up the wedding. And you think it's going to be her because to bad Cinderella's, um, the, the bummer of it is that everything is very paint by numbers up until that point. And it's like everything you expect to happen happens. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, Cinderella's going to show up, blah, blah, blah. No. <laughs> the prince comes back and he is like a foot taller and wider than all of these other like he's just massive mm-hmm. it is the like most a mr universe winner and literally you're like, oh just my. shows up out of nowhere <laughs> oh wow and, and and he's like stop the wedding because um because i'm uh the, the real prince is alive and everyone's like oh my gosh hooray he's like also i'm gay and, and then, then they're like, like that's yeah! great too and then <laughs> He gets married instead. Oh, it is like, it was the most joyful. And the other thing I will say about his entrance was you would think like just, you know, stage left. No, this man came in from like the audience, like, like down. House right. Yeah. House right. Just kicks it open in this moment that you're expect. Like it was the most beautiful misdirection Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. And there were so many people who got online um, or people that we talked to in person that were like, I left at intermission. And I'm like, you missed one of the best yeah. moments in musical theater history. So funny. It was just like, it was so electric for me. I couldn't believe wow. what was doing. So I guess the answer is bad. Yeah. <laughs> who is your favorite hero character or protagonist in a musical? And who is your favorite villain or antagonist in a musical? I'm I'm a Dolly Levi girl through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just love one just like a well written woman in general. <laughs> Hot take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just like a, a person who has been through loss is navigating grief, is also trying to get her bag and hustle and and um live and is just enchanting to everyone around her while she's going through this like inner turmoil and learning to like move on i just think it is it is just so nuanced so gorgeous and then on top of it it's like she's incredibly charismatic she gets all these wonderful numbers she's making everybody's lives around her better um it's just like i can't think of a better person to like uh, name someone you root for more than dolly levi like honestly <laughs> it's uh, like i i she's my number one i i also want to say dolly i love <laughs> so 
so resourceful and where the other women in the show are like pretty constrained by societal forces around them. Dolly is constantly uh, subverting those expectations and those roles. Mm. And uh, like in an era where it was unheard of, uh, unheard of isn't the right word. In an era where it was expected that only the men would work in a relationship. um, She has a million jobs and a million things that she can do. And provided part of that is because she is a widow at that point. Yeah, she has. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 she has this independence that other characters do not have. And in that she can still manage to make a decision for herself. That's like, I do want to be with someone else and I know who it is and I'm going to make them mine. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what about uh, antagonists? Love Mrs. Lovett. <laughs> yeah. Love Audrey too. Uh, like they are antagonists that that will kill you, and they also are funny. Uh, <laughs> the ultimate. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, what is a moment in a musical that you think gets to a complex emotional state you didn't think was possible to get to? This was something that, so Will had mentioned Sweeney Todd earlier, and it's also mm-hmm. one of my all-time faves. And, you know, I've listened through it in every iteration. I've, you know, seen the um, the, the old pro shot and the film and blah, blah, blah. And it was something that in watching this most recent revival, I went and saw um, when uh, Nicholas Christopher was on for Sweeney and Annalie Ashford was still in. And... Uh, going from Epiphany into A Little Priest was the first time I ever realized that Lovett um, partly does this because she thinks he could kill her in that moment. And that if she doesn't change the like the air of the room, the like tone of the room, that like he is in such an absolute state that... Um, he might take it out on her. I mean, he literally says like, you told me to wait. He's like pointing in her face. And there was something about his rage and Annalie Ashford's just like, you know, gorgeous, big, like cartoon eyes that you could see the fear in it. Um, And I just saw a light bulb go off over her head of like, oh, this guy's going to kill me. I need to do something. It's and then, an idea. Yes. Yeah. Very sad. I mean, it's it's working on several, several levels. Yeah. It was just something I'd never considered um, going from one of the most incredibly complex, dark, um, twisted, emotional moments like in the musical theater canon into this just absolutely equally twisted, but like in a levity sense duet. Yeah. Um, like how are we getting from A to B within, I mean, a two minute right. transition between the song. I mean, it's so fast and it's just something that I had never considered before. Um, even though I love the show so much and I've listened through it, it's just something about seeing it in person and those two performances specifically. Um, I just thought it was, it was so cool. You had the pieces all along and <laughs> it but was even, reassembled in a new way. Even if it was you. just yeah. the first time I had seen it, it was such a complex shift of like, Oh my God, I'm terrified to like, I'm crying laughing. Yeah. Um, how did we get here? Like right. what? The, 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 like so fast so that's my answer 
But I think you're right, and that's that's a really, really complex moment that has so many things going on because yeah. you have like, yeah, I mean, you have both of their motivations and he's going through this huge shift mentally and, you know, becoming a serial killer and, and yeah. all that. So there's yeah. there's just so much going on. But yeah, that I feel like that has to also be a part of it, as you as you've said. Let's move on to our topic, which is comedy songs in musical theater. So yeah, uh, so let's start, I guess, with just your interest in this topic and why you wanted to talk about it today. Yeah. Uh, so we make uh, theater memes and videos and sketches always kind of coming from this comedic standpoint where our whole goal is to make theater accessible, whether it's the ideas that theater is putting forth or to make old material that isn't as well-known accessible. And one of the best ways to do that is through comedy. And just you, you reach people in a different way when you make them laugh. It's the great equalizer, it's the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this is a point I, I kind of underlined um, for later that when you make someone laugh, you you are giving them information that they might not even pick up on. Mm-hmm. Um, like the th- there's a point in how to succeed in business without really trying that I love, where uh, Finch is you know kind of. Uh, lying and faking his way to the top in this company and one of the ways that he convinces a and a higher up that he is trustworthy is he pretends to have gone to the same university that this boss went to and so they unite together and sing the school's fight song but in the staging and in the um the way that the number comes about uh robert morse in the original production plays the number as if he doesn't know the words to the fight song and is faking and like (laughs) he's uh just kind of like you know stand old ivy and he's like uh oh yes like a beat behind with the physicality Mm -hmm. and he does the same moves but just a fraction behind and it's so entertaining and it's every beat is new and the boss is so focused on on loving the song that he misses (laughs) that he's a beat behind which Mm -hmm. is Absolutely perfect. God bless you and never yield. Rip, rip, rip the chipmunk off the field. And so, in addition to being a funny song, that number also is a way for you to remember something coming up later, which is one of the bosses that Finch is trying to replace, uh, he's like, I can't find a way to get this guy in trouble. I can't find a way to step past him. He's always ahead of me. And then he figures out that guy went to the college's rival school. And through like this school pride, that is how you, uh, how Finch is able to get this guy out. But we wouldn't have remembered it as, it wouldn't be as satisfying a reveal 
if there wasn't that song. The song gave us the information and we didn't know we were learning. And it made it important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And right. It it's, yes. it's like when songs are able, and especially comedy songs, are able to um, to reveal incredibly important information and make you laugh at the same time. It's like they're working on multiple levels and it makes the reveal so satisfying. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what you've meant when uh, hiding information in plain sight in your in your categories. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> I was like reading over and I was like, hiding information in plain sight. I wonder what that's about. And yeah. so, okay, now that <laughs> now I see. Yeah, and what if, so you also mentioned the song from Legally Blonde there. How does that figure in? Uh, so in addition to being an act two opener, Whipped Into Shape um, is establishing who Brooke Wyndham is like she her character isn't mentioned at all in act one it is you know curtain comes back up act two is starting here's Brooke Wyndham's exercise video and from the pitch that she's doing in her video um she's like I've got a jump rope for you and it is the best way to exercise and it feels very like drag race challenge like (laughs) sell a product yep and she's like here are all the uses for a jump rope yeah um but not only is it a fun kind of staging idea where now the cast gets to jump rope and dance a lot of energy yeah um at one point she's like it also has other uses it can be used as a a self-defense device and that joke is there kind of as like you know we're later in this into the song. Here's a new twist. Here's a new angle we haven't considered. Mm-hmm. But that also puts doubt in the audience's mind where it's like, oh, maybe she did kill this guy. Right. And like, you don't necessarily think of it that way, but you do see there's the chance that she is um, dangerous. Mm-hmm. And she, she's dangerous and she's strong and like she can, uh, and she's really smart. Because she took just a jump rope and is like, here's all the ways you can... She's made an empire out of it. She's made an empire out of string. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I guess we can go from here into like all the different categories of comedy songs. Because there's so many, there's so many ways to be funny (laughs) in in musical theater. I mean, not just like in the form of the song, but like in the idea of the song and the context of the song which we kind of, I feel like we've kind of talked about like how context and, to- and foreshadowing I guess in those cases makes a comedy song even more yeah so what are some what are some categories of comedy songs on the total opposite side of foreshadowing there there are so many great list songs mm-hmm. it's just like you know set up punchline over and over again and you tell multiple multiple jokes within a verse or the full song and like cole porter was so good at those gilbert and sullivan irving like the, berlin irving berlin yeah um th- where these songs can usually stand on their own um people don't know the musical paris but they do know let's do it let's fall in love mm-hmm. um there's a there's an incredible Noel Coward version of Let's Do It, Let's Fall in Love, where he was singing Cole Porter's melody, but he was like, I'm going to write brand new lyrics for this, and it's all topical references to this year. Mm. So there's like the, wow. him singing about like a the Kennedys come up, and yeah. it's it's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so interesting because like I feel like with theater th theater songs, you think of them as like building on an idea and going somewhere and then changing by the end. But like these songs kind of don't do that in a way. They're like, it's just like joke after joke after joke all on the same idea that doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, I guess you could say like it builds because like you kind of want them to like keep building, but. Lyrically, it, they can get more extreme, but like the yeah. song itself isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Brush Up Your Shakespeare doesn't, um, it doesn't change the plot of Kiss Me Kate, but man, it's so fun and the show is less without it. I mean, they're definitely doing, I mean, there's definitely doing something, whether it's like just providing like a much needed like break in the plot proceedings or change or yeah yeah or just like endearing you to a character characters um where you like if you laugh with them then you're like on their side or <laughs> or whatever ideally it's doing all of those things at the same time <laughs> yeah like i'm thinking of the gangsters in kiss me kate singing brush up your shakespeare and it kind of makes them feel less dangerous in a yep, way yeah. mm -hmm. and i guess by that point, the threat is over for yeah that they yeah that's a good point i i guess because we've also just spent this whole time in the show with one play and it's like <laughs> let's now like expand and i guess it's just like a treat uh for the audience in a way it's it's the icing on the cake and it's or like a charm song that comes way too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even though it's just like going on and on with the same idea, it's like you never want to leave it in a way because you're like you kept you keep being like, or at least I do. I shouldn't speak for everybody, but I keep being like, what's next? What's next? <laughs> what's next? Yeah. How you building on it? Those yeah. extra encore verses when they come back, it's one of those times you are so excited every time they come back. There are a couple songs yeah. out there where it's like, oh no, there's that encore coming too. But brush up your Shakespeare, always earned. Yeah. Yeah. Brush up your Shakespeare. Start quoting him now. Brush up your Shakespeare and the women. Your girl is a Washington Heights dream. Treat the kid to a Midsummer's Night's dream. If she then wants an all by herself night, let her rest every 11th or 12th night. If because of your heat she gets huffy, simply play on and lay on McDuffie. Brush up your Shakespeare, and they'll all kowtow. Forsooth, and they'll all kowtow. Thinks thou, and they'll all And uh, you also mentioned uh, To Keep My Love Alive, the Rogers and <laughs> yeah. Hart song, which, yeah, the first time I heard that, I was like, what am I, what are they saying? What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a recording by Nancy Walker that she just did on an album where she sings a whole bunch of verses I had never heard before. Yeah. It's, I'm sure there's, it very, seems like that song could go on forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, how many Lawrence, times did this woman get married? <laughs> yeah. What's going on. You think her neighbors are like, 
let's uh, let's not invite her to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Should we warn him or? <laughs> yeah, but no, it's but it's so fun. It's like you want to keep listening to it because it's just it's just so wild. It's so wacky. Like, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, there's yeah, that's a really good point. It's like um, knowing where the punchline is. The the game is how do you how are we getting there? And how do you still keep it surprising? Yeah, right. The joke is always going to be like, here's an expectation. Here's a subversion of that expectation. When a song has like eight verses, like any of these examples, it's you still manage to have that. The punchlines work because of everything that comes before them. Yeah, that's just good wordplay. Mm hmm. Yeah. And some of those are, some of that is, is, can just be even like the rhyme, like a, a great rhyme, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's surprising. It's, it's athleticism. Uh, uh, oh, uh, what's that Dorothy? There's a Dorothy Parker quote where she says, um, like, puns are just verbal calisthenics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whipped into shape. Whipped into shape. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy Parker, inventor of the jump rope. Yeah. <laughs> There's those kind of comedy songs. Like what other ones, what other kinds are out there making us laugh? Uh, we're not sure about this as as like a genre of, of comedy song, but we love when when opening numbers are mm. also comedy songs. Mm-hmm. And we kind of yeah. wrote down Comedy Tonight from mm-hmm. a Happened on the Way to the Forum because that really is the instruction manual for the musical. And until it was written, the show out of town audiences didn't know how to what to how make to view of the, the show. show. Yeah. Uh, the original opening number was called Love is in the Air. Uh that might be the second opening number, but there were it was there at one point and uh, I think Jerome Robbins was like, "Guys, nobody knows what this show is about because you come out saying like, oh, it's a romantic time and it's this wistful ballad." And he's like, "No, we need like yeah." <laughs> You know, set up, set up, punchline, and we need funny pose, and we need this, and like and vaudeville, and, and vaudeville, yeah. because this show is and ultimately... tell us who each character is, yeah. like mm. off, we can move on, but it's, do it in the most entertaining way possible. It's burlesque comedy. Let's have some burlesque, like you know, some dirty jokes and just funny physicality. It's and it it did save the show because. Yeah. Um, I believe there was talk out of town. They were like, I don't think this is going to work. Should we close out of town? And they brought in Jerome Robbins, mm. show doctor extraordinaire, to uh, have a look. Yeah. Something familiar, something peculiar, something for everyone, a comedy tonight. Something appealing, something appalling, something for everyone, a comedy tonight. Nothing with kings, nothing with crowns, bring on the lovers, liars and clowns. Old situations, new complications, nothing portentous or polite. Tragedy tomorrow, comedy tonight. Something convulsive, Ah! something repulsive, something for everyone, a A comedy comedy tonight. Something aesthetic, something frenetic, something for everyone, a A comedy comedy tonight. 
And we were discussing this and we, I, we, I don't know that we thought too hard about it, but it's like how many other shows out there have comedic, like truly comedic opening numbers. Mm. And we were struggling to think. Yeah. Of well, I guess that are considered a comedy. Yeah. yeah. They'd have to be a comedy musical to begin with. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the ultimate rug getting pulled from under <laughs> Night Mother the Musical. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> Unless it was something like campy, I guess. And you out there might be like yelling at <laughs> <laughs> into the void, like you're forgetting. It's like instead of being Baltimore, it's like, oh yeah. I good. mean, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's, that yeah. I mean it's not like a, it's not as yuck, broad yuck. as yeah. But yeah, there's definitely some funny there's funny moments in that song for sure. The rats on the street all dance around my feet. <laughs> Yeah, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum is probably the show that's made me laugh the most and mm-hmm. of all musicals that I've seen. Um, and I probably like I've missed some pretty funny comedies I didn't see uh, that I haven't seen. But I feel like that one, since I saw it as a kid, it's made me laugh the most uh, throughout. But yeah, the opening number, as you say, like it's so important to set that up. But it's also it's it's also being super clever, I think, as well. And I was just like reading over the lyrics again and the line weighty affairs will just have to wait. Which is like unbelievable. Which is not something I would laugh out loud at, but I'm like, that is just such a good line. Like it's so clever, it's so smart, it is funny. Yeah. I'm not laughing, but I'm like, I'm appreciating it. I'm like, <laughs> you're already, because because of everything that comes before and after, it's like you're already in this sort of like elevated, funny kind of levity state that like mm-hmm. when that hits you, it doesn't have to be haha funny, but you can be like, <laughs> another one. Like, let's yeah. go. <laughs> right. The jokes just keep on coming. <laughs> what other? Oh, I love the, the thought of the song um, Dance 10 Looks 3. Um, yeah, yeah. chorus line and yeah. how the joke where the joke is <laughs> in there it's it's like this perfect um set like you have the whole intro beforehand that establishes you know val had this problem and we see that she no longer has this problem how did she solve this problem of course she went to a doctor and then presents the information in such a a crass way but there's like a little, there's like a chime to it. I believe after she, I mean, pardon my saying the phrase, but um, after she sings for the first time, tits and ass, it's like uh, bells or this percussive chime, like, you know, tits and ass, mm-hmm. that the music helps soften the phrase because it makes it seem a little more classical and more... Uh, more established than this very new thing of cosmetic surgery. Yeah, it makes it feel inevitable. Almost. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's like a tension between the the crassness and the and kind of like a higher uh, 
this bubbly yeah, yeah. fun mm-hmm. effervescent kind of mm-hmm. classic number and yeah. coming out of how raunchy that initial vamp is like the dun 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 that could that melody could be in sweet charity with the the dance hall and then you have it's it's a beautiful little punchline and then they do it multiple times and it still works but after a while i caught on i mean i saw what they were hiring i also swiped my dance card once after an audition and on a scale of 10 they gave me for dance 10 for looks three well Dance 10 looks 3 And I'm still on unemployment Dancing for my own enjoyment That ain't it, kid That ain't it, kid Dance 10 looks 3 It's like to die Left the theater and called the doctor For my appointment to buy Tits and ass Bought myself a fancy pair Tightened up the derriere Did the nose with it I think also worth noting for um, all of you listening out there, if you're not familiar, um, that originally the the song Dance 10 Looks 3 was called Tits and Ass. And it um, because when you you know go to the theater and you can open the playbill and see the the numbers, the the names of the songs written out. Um, by the time and everyone mm-hmm. did that back then, um, they would actually read the playbill. Uh, the joke was completely ruined. It had, it had taken all the right. air book because everyone knew the punchline already. And I can't remember who it was that made that realization. I believe it was Marvin Hamlish and Michael Bennett. But they're like, "Why isn't this song working? We don't want to cut it. We're gonna yeah, like it's a go great in. song. We're gonna go in and see the show from the audience's perspective. We're gonna like enter at the same time as they do." what is stopping this joke? And, and they realized that they were giving the, the joke away. Right. Plus the, the title of the song was changed. Yeah. One of the most brilliant, tiny little, sometimes yeah. it's just like a little tweak can save a joke and save yeah. a their number. So. Right. Cause usually you put, you know, usually your hook of the hook of the song is usually the title yeah. unless there's some reason for it not to be like in this situation. But yeah, I always think about that. It's like, if you have a song, with a joke, don't do don't put that joke in the title <laughs> of the song because no matter what, someone's gonna see it ahead of time. Yeah, like I'm about to tell you a joke. It's called "To Get to the Other Side." Now, can <laughs> cross the road. You'll never guess why. Yeah, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I was just thinking, like Peter Mills has a song called. Yes. No, it's called, I guess, Way Ahead of My Time. Yes, yes. Right. the Seas, the right. caveman song. Will brought that in for a cabaret class mm-hmm. and it yeah. cru- crushed. That was like yeah. when we first started dating too. Uh, so <laughs> it was hard for him to beat the allegations. Yeah, some of the some of the patter <laughs> I had around it was like after finishing the song, was like, you know, just for clarification, you know, I'm not really a caveman. <laughs> <laughs> And then yeah. he and I was like, oh, my girlfriend hates that joke. So it's like, okay, look, we're going to. Yeah, which uh, not true. I loved that joke. I thought it was yeah. hilarious. But yes, it was classic 
This, also, for context, this would have been 2011. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, a, a yep. different time. In, right. In jokes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel yeah, I feel like any song that has that kind of title, you're like, it's kind of like, hmm, what's inside this song? You know? Yeah, yeah <laughs> intriguing. Which lean in, I'll take it. Someone yeah. present, and they're like, you might hate it, and you're like, oh gosh, what is, what's going to be in here? I'm right. <laughs> oh, a caveman. Mm. Yeah, we can also talk about. A little priest that uh at it again yeah. <laughs> the little priest <laughs> is is such a great comic number um i don't know what category if we would call that but um i mean it is kind of a list song getting also. the audience okay with murder category <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> getting the convincing the audience uh against every uh instinct in their body <laughs> it's like you can make them laugh at this before they think about it we can get them to accept that they're about to watch this happen for the next entire next act. Yeah. A normalization. Yeah. Mm. And like from yeah. Lovett's perspective, it's, it's normalizing uh, killing other people where like the entire time it's not until priest that the Todd is like, I'm going to kill anybody, but the beetle and the judge mm-hmm. love. It's the one that's like, you could just do randos and then you don't get in trouble. And he's like, I guess. Well, they all deserve to die. That's true. <laughs> After Epiphany, she kind of, she capitalizes on his um, state. And his grief, yeah. 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 I, was gonna say I also that. have this, this um, how I also have seen the song in the past is like, because she also, like her feelings towards him, I guess like it depends on the production, like how they, how much they put that in. But how I read it is like, she, like her want is him. Like mm-hmm. she's wanted him. And so in A Little Priest, she's like using the comedy of the song to win him over. Like, or at yeah. least she feels like she believes she's winning him over yeah. in this song with her, with the comedy of the song. And they're coming together at that moment. And like, you can kind of see, I mean, depending on the interpretation, I guess you can see that joy coming into her face when she's like i i've got him like he's yeah. finally we're playing we're laughing yeah we're yeah accomplices in murder it's like <laughs> it's, we're gonna, right right yeah all the things yeah yeah it's it's again operating on a lot of different levels she's getting kind of everything she wants in that moment yeah uh, we've got uh, tinker no no something pinker tyler Taylor. Butler. Sutler. Potter. Potter. Locksmith. Lovely bit of pluck. Maybe for a lark. Then again, the sweep if you want it cheap and you like it dark. Try the financier. Pick up his career. That looks pretty rank. Well, he drank, it's a bank cashier. Last one really sold. Wasn't quite so old. Have you any beetle? Next week, someone told Beetle isn't bad till you smell it and notice how well it's been greased. Stick to priest. <laughs> now, this might be a bit stringy, but then, of course, it sounds fiddle player. No, no, this isn't fiddle player. It's piccolo player. How can you tell? It's piping hot. 
then blow on it first. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the first time that they laugh together. I can't remember if there's. I think that's the first time he laughs at all. Sure. Yeah. He's not yeah. laughing with my friends. It was like I'm the Sweeney's only other laughing song. Perhaps um, <laughs> during his maybe during Pirelli. Yeah, but that's like... I don't think he does. No, I think that's the first time he laughs at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the poster image of like they're holding hands in that moment. They are in cahoots. In cahoots, yeah. and she gets the physical contact from him, like this acknowledgement that this might happen, and he gets. Uh, to blow off some steam. We're going to have to change the title of this episode to just A Little Priest. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's such a great moment. I mean, there's, like, thank goodness he had they, he didn't end with Epiphany and has that song there to end the yeah. first act because... And just... any other composer would mm-hmm. have, you yeah. know? It seems like such a clear... Um, Here's line the, in the sand. The highest emotional point of the show, uh, of the act. Yeah. They'll come back in 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was my issue with the Sweeney Todd film was mm. that it there's no intermission. Like they didn't really solve the fact that like one of the big things about A Little Priest is like it brings you to this like if as an audience, it brings you to this like high of like, yeah. whoa, like that was so amazing. I just had this amazing experience with that song and now I need intermission to like process it and breathe. And then the the film version doesn't have that at all. So like, I felt like a little priest was like tampered down Mm because we're not going that high. And then it just moves straight into whatever was next. Uh, So that was like a little disappointing to me. You don't have the moment of like, are they seriously going to do this? Like what? Mm -hmm. what? What in the world? It makes yeah. it seem more reasonable when it's less outlandish. Yeah. So you, 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 the audience member, are still a little bit rooted in reality, where you're like, well, "That's not a great idea." But mm-hmm. and it's so funny. It's like, "Oh yeah, I got one too." Uh, here's a joke, yeah. and like, yeah, if we're if we're going on that like that rhyme uh, thing from earlier, where like the joke can be, "How are they going to continue this rhyme?" Right. When Lovett keeps trying to come up with things to stump Sweeney on like not coming up with rhymes like uh butler sutler taylor paler mm. uh, she comes up with locksmith and the joke is that he doesn't have anything else right but... yeah no it's but it's that same like where like where's where is this going like i you're you're you keep being interested because it's like and the the rhymes are like what's taking you and like topping <laughs> that is like what's carrying you along like seeing a show is a lot about like how are they going to get out of this and a rhyme Mm -hmm. shortest version of that that you can Mm -hmm. have yeah right yeah yeah Yeah. it all goes back to sort of the original point of like um can 
people are more likely to listen to an idea that they would normally oppose to if you can make them laugh Mm -hmm. or entertain them through it. That's like the crux of it. Like nobody's going into that theater like, you know what we should do? Murder (laughs) randos and bake them into pies. And like, like, honestly, that's probably what they should be doing in this moment. It's like so crazy. Well, as long as they're happy. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Sure. I love when musicals reference other musicals Mm. outside of their own universe. Um, In particular, there's a line in the opening number for Lil Abner where mm. this villain character, uh, Earthquake Magoon, which incredible name. <laughs> incredible name. <laughs> like it's it's a character so silly, he wears his name on his shirt like he's in the original production of Merrily We Roll Along. <laughs> brutal reference. <laughs> Just brutal. And his line at every uh every lyric in this opening number is kind of a little limerick. And mm. his entrance his introduction to the audience is stand aside for earthquake magoon busting out all over like june <laughs> and then like but that lyric it's just like if you know you know and if you don't we're gonna keep going on right you can't do an entire number that is like a pastiche of something but you can have like these moments of like the reference is there and if you caught it, cool. Yeah, it's a joke that lets the audience know. Um, it's very inside baseball. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if you like that, you're going to love this. Yeah. Like, we're on, we like the same thing. This is more of what you can expect. You can trust us. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, sorry. Um, uh, Lynn does that. Lynn Manuel Miranda did that in um, the beginning of In the Heights, where he mm-hmm. has Usnavi talk. Uh, there's a rhyme about Cole Porter, and he. Um, uh, references, I can't remember what the line is off the top of my head, but it's the same sort of thing. It's like letting you know the person that wrote this. Um, you can you can trust me. I've studied the what came before me. That yeah. kind of thing. That's such an mm. interesting. I mean, not necessarily like a comedy moment, but I've never yeah. really considered that before. It's kind of it's it's kind of brilliant. It's it's a tactic that feels less pick me when it's in a joke because the reason mm-hmm. there is a joke, but it's also speaking to the audience outside of that saying it's okay. It's reassuring right. but also entertaining. Um that's more I feel like that's more common with musicals more recently mm-hmm. that are kind of more like parody musicals that reference other musicals but i was gonna say like instead of it being a full number the way that um something rotten came to mind where it's like mm-hmm. that yeah full number is just musical theater references like hiding like one or two little ones um it allows it to be surprising because yeah thing more musical jokes it just right. happens to be the subject at yeah that time. yeah not saying one is better than the other right. just i've i know little abner but i didn't realize it did that in that moment i haven't listened to it in a while so <laughs> I forgot that it does that, but it's interesting that an older, like kind of more classic show mm-hmm. is doing that as well. I mean, it is like a satire, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think of that happening more with uh, more recent shows than yeah. older shows, which is really interesting. Uh, let's move on to talking about Adelaide's lament for our, why is this so good section? And uh, I feel like this is a, uh, in the category of 
character songs, character comedy songs. There's probably some other ones in there as well, but we're going to focus on this one. So why did you pick this song for the why is this so good section? First off, it's it's such everybody who has taken like a theater rep or audition class has heard somebody sing Adelaide's Lament. Mm. I've probably sang it at some point. Like it's, <laughs> it's the stats are there. Uh, and it is always rewarding to break it down and, and watch someone uh, figure out why it works and how to, how to tell the jokes within it. And uh, there's a phrase about um, break about uh, breaking down a joke where it's like, it's like poking a dead frog. It's not much fun and the frog dies. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's, let's poke this dead frog. <laughs> <laughs> I love poking dead frogs. I think it's fun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but when it's I feel like actors and performers always have to be in a state of doing that because mm-hmm. you're figuring out why why does the human condition work the way it does how do we make it repeatable and with jokes how can I make this joke land eight shows a week mm-hmm. um, with Adelaide's Lament it's just perfectly perfectly built to do that it's it's pretty bulletproof and like structurally why is that mm-hmm. um, yeah I feel like it, it does it's so good at what it does because it's a strong character that we have met and we really care about this character she's funny she's got this this cold and we're like she just kind of sneezes that's a funny tick to have mm-hmm. uh, but she has a legitimate problem and we're like, okay, now she's going to get to the bottom of this. She's got a medical textbook and she's like, I'm going to read this medical textbook with my no education and my, uh, and I'm going to continue sneezing throughout it mm-hmm. because she, she cares so much. She has, she has to solve a problem and she's got an obstacle. The obstacle is the sneezing, but mainly it's her not understanding the language. So the solution mm-hmm. paraphrases it. Yeah. And paraphrases it to, to it's the way that you tailor um, information to, to f- meet your agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Achoo! It says here in this book, the average unmarried female, basically insecure, Due to some long frustration, may react with psychosomatic symptoms difficult to endure, affecting the upper respiratory tract. In other words, just from waiting around for that plain little band of gold, a patient can develop a cold. But it's it's another case too where it's like her sneezing throughout the entire show you think is just a, a, a again, it's information hiding in plain sight that this joke lands even harder because it's rooted in character, it's rooted in the world and then it allows her to uh, to do two things at once, which is like land a joke and express 
how distraught she is about, you know, what she wants and not being able to achieve it. Mm -hmm. It makes her into, because we've met Nathan Detroit by this point, and he's sung a couple times and he's been on stage a lot. He's the one that essentially initiates the central conflict of the show, which is, you know, Sky is going to have to pursue Sarah, even though they're an unlikely pair. We've had a lot of Nathan and we've seen Miss Adelaide perform, but we didn't see her talk about what she's feeling. We saw her in a show within a show. Um, right. So we really get to, to see Adelaide and understand her more. She really loves Nathan. She really wants this. She's like, what can I do that can, how, how can I get better? in this scenario so that Nathan will marry me? What's what's stopping this from actually happening? I think it's also one of those things where it's like, of all good comedy songs, it's like, it's just like a funny, it's a funny idea for a song and the lines are funny. Like it's, yeah. it's got both going for it. Like nobody is better at making a phrase, making a weird phrase sing than Frank Lesser. <laughs> like uh psychosomatic symptoms right and you're like oh psychosomatic symptoms yeah like you're on the same page as, mm -hmm. as adelaide <laughs> lesser songs are so good at just taking something unsingable and he's like watch me put a melody to this yeah Grim. yeah i mean it's so funny her singing those the reading from the book and singing that like that's just it's funny <laughs> a lot of um things that aren't musicals when they're like here's a musical number the the humor to the creators is about like how funny that they're singing mm -hmm. but when theater composers do this we're well past that we are yeah. like, <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about <laughs> but on right. the theater side it's it's about like here's what we are singing is funny it's not the fact that it's happening it's the content yeah, talking about funny, funny words to sing in this. There's just so many of them. Some of them medical, like psychosomatic sy symptoms, streptococci. Which uh, the note. And she's like, what? What does that mean? C-note. Yeah. <laughs> no. And then she has like a physical activity there. It's all so like it, all the pieces are there. Yeah. The map is incredible. Yeah. Bromo fizz is also yeah. just a really funny word. Funny. That that I don't even like I also just love that I also just love outdated references in lyrics as well which is not the intention I mean I'm sure everybody knew what bromo fizz was at the time but uh but now it's just funny also because it's like what's that I don't it's, know it's like they made it up yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you could spray it wherever you figure the strap to cock I like you can give her a shot for whatever she's got but it just won't work if she's tired of getting that fish eye from the hotel clerk. A person can develop a cold. It says here, the female remaining single, just in the legal sense, shows a neurotic tendency. See note, see note, note. Chronic organic syndromes, toxic or hypertense, 
involving the eye, the ear, the nose, and throat. In other words, just from wondering whether the wedding is on a roof, a person <coughs> can develop a cough. You can feed her all day with the vitamin A and the bromophys. But the medicine never gets anywhere near where the trouble is. If she's getting a kind of a name for herself and the name ain't his, a person can develop a cough. They're on their way to Niagara for their honeymoon. But like, yes. get off at Saratoga? Oh, because that's where a racetrack was. Yeah, like I... For there was a time when I would listen to this song where I did not like that piece of information was lost on me. Like it just was like, oh, they they didn't make it to Niagara. That's that's why she's upset. But you it's not a second. Yeah. Yeah. But then you, you realize that that's where the racetrack is. Oh, like it's even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> and yet because the bones of this song are so strong, that's still a funny reveal. Even if you don't get the exact reference, you're like, that's funny that he still didn't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because she's just she's just mad that it's not happening. <laughs> but it's character based of why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like yeah. There's a sneeze. Like, it's right. perfect. When they get on the train for Niagara And she can hear church bells chime The compartment is air-conditioned And the mood's sublime Then they get off at Saratoga For the 14th time A person can develop like grip La post nasal drip with the wheezes and the sneezes and a sinus that's really a pip from a lack of community property and a feeling she's getting too old. A person can develop a bad, bad cold. La grip, that's also another. Like I don't like what's like grip I don't know, <laughs> and and grimy with post nasal drip drip oh yeah wheezes and the sneezes and the sinus that's really a pip like that's a little limerick for yeah me. that's I was just realizing that as we were talking yeah that's, that's ours that's mm -hmm. really just all it is Frank yeah. Lesser Frank Morer okay <laughs> we're gonna cut that uh, <laughs> no keep. When if she's getting a kind of a name for herself and the name ain't his, that's such a great line. Yeah, like, yeah. If they dropped that today, like it would be it'd be all over, I don't know, what are people using? Threads? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone on threads would be like, oh shit. <laughs> Google Plus. <laughs> I guess comedy songs, some of them are also like so smart but like this one is so smart but like you don't think about it being so smart yeah. when you're hearing it but yeah. it's but with when you hear lines like that and you think about it it's like wow that is so smart yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was uh, a couple months ago I was rereading a bunch of the Damon Runyon stories that Guys and Dolls is based on mm -hmm. and it's so entertaining the way that the characters just speak because they do not have a 
as traditional an education, but they are all presenting anything they have to say as if it is the smartest idea. So they're like often like misusing words or repeating themselves and the language itself is funny. The, but they're uh, all on a level playing field. They're all like on they a have, level playing yeah, field. So none of them know any better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, I think they all, if I remember correctly, they don't use contractions. They, Correct. Right. <laughs> which is just, funny. it just sounds so funny. Yeah. It's, it's, they're uh, all being formal. They're yes, on their best. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It's so formal yeah, not they to are, use contractions. And yet they're gambling and like doing all these things that we associate as degenerate. degenerate. But they're like, no, I am a classy person because I am in a classy place such as this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just a funny, funny lyrical way of speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Real yeah. musicality. Um, also, yeah. I, in doing a little research, I, and like, I, I read these stories, and I was like, "Where is Miss Adelaide? Miss Adelaide doesn't exist in those stories. She hmm. was invented for the production of Guys and Dolls because they're like, we need to cast Vivian Blaine. She's the funniest person we've ever seen. We need stuff for her to do. Huh. Like Nathan Detroit exists in those stories. Adelaide is brand new. That's so fascinating. It is. Yeah. And then, yeah, the fact that he won't marry her and is always kind of pushing her off makes perfect sense to mm-hmm. for a character that was like written in can't necessarily get in the way of the action that already exists, yes. but is a force. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. And then by yeah. the end, like, yeah, they can get married because, like, you know, it's the why not the end of the arc and <laughs> a it's classic, our show. A classic <laughs> double wedding. Is there anything funnier? <laughs> right. Yeah two for one her her way of speaking her accent also makes it funny Mm -hmm. like if you sang i i assume when people sing this song in class they're all doing the 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 accent the voice yeah because it make that also makes it funny Mm -hmm. it's so associated with the original performance to the point that it was it was tough to to cast um miss adelaide in the 92 revival that mm-hmm. uh, it was ultimately Faith Prince. And I remember hearing a story. It was down to Faith Prince and Victoria Clark mm. for Adelaide. And Faith Prince brought in the song Something Wonderful from The King and I, but she sang it in the Miss Adelaide voice. <laughs> it was like it, as serious as can be, but the voice. And they were like, that's it. That's what we need. We need someone that understands how to tell this dramatic story and have this problem, but they can still do something funny within it, even though they're not trying to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not that's... showing, telling a joke. Right. Well, that seems like a good segue into the something wonderful section, which is the last section. Just something uh, we are looking forward to uh, in the musical theater world or want to give a shout out to? I had uh, come up with this idea. Um, So famously, uh, Stephen Sondheim and Andrew Lloyd Webber share a birthday and uh, it's March 22nd and this year it's landing on a Friday. So we are putting together um, with a couple of other incredibly talented people, TBD, um, a little birthday cabaret where we're just going to celebrate their their music and um, little goodie bags, like like you're going to a birthday party, and it's going to be just like a fun 
a fun little time, just an hour. Um, it's not pitting them against each other no, the way that just they as, historically yeah, have Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're there to celebrate two of the, the yeah. greatest composers of our lifetime. So It's a birthday party. Yeah, yeah. So March 22nd, um, you can find more information um, by going to our pages at the underscore theater underscore lovers um yeah. march 22nd so that's really exciting oh fun yeah 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 I, i'm i'm really excited about it and yeah. then hopefully it'll um my dream is for us to have um a monthly or every other month just some sort of concert um yeah. grabbing some talented uh, friends of ours and and putting up little concerts and like a theater lovers variety hour so oh, stay nice for, for that very i exciting. love it thank you um what else uh, we're also uh, we're also in this new program from aka oh, yeah. that is called the arts insider and it is essentially connecting uh theater and you know, lifestyle influencers with different theater brands and shows and stuff to really like, we don't consider ourselves critics. We are matchmakers and we're trying to help everyone find the exact right show for them. Every, every show is somebody's favorite show. We're like, yeah, let's, let's dive into this. And the arts insider is helping us to, do that and reach more people on a bigger scale and it we're just so excited for it it's also very exciting because it's the first um sort of initiative of its kind that really values um digital creators and digital like especially theatrical influencers who um mm. typically up to this point haven't been compensated monetarily mm-hmm. um yeah. like, we've been gifted tickets which is wonderful mm-hmm. But the, um, and I think something that people don't necessarily realize is the amount of work that goes into when you're gifted tickets and the expectation being that you're going to make something on the other side of it. Right. Um, it takes a lot out of the experience of seeing a show because you're not only just like there to enjoy it, but you're also there um, thinking about what am I going to create? How am I going to create? How am I going to speak uh, about this afterwards. Mm -hmm. So um, it's very exciting for us who've been sort of plugging away um, as digital creators and especially as theater creators to on top of like the very generous um, gifts that we've been given to also be making, starting to make um, money and and a career out of what it is that we're doing because it is a a ton of work and it's work that we really love doing. So it's, it's a very, very exciting for us we're very grateful to be a part of this program mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and uh, worth noting that um, if you are listening and you're a part of um, uh, a show that's not in the AKA sphere, that we are also able to accept other partnerships with other agencies. I know there's been like a lot of yeah. like very muddy um, of like the details, but like if you're interested in working with us, we would love to work with yeah. you. Please reach out to us. And we want to work to work with you. It's we love doing this. Yeah. And yeah. it's so much fun. And we're matchmakers. We want to help everyone find their new favorite thing. Um, and then the other thing, hopefully by the time this goes up, it'll be live. But we've been working on um, merch. So nice. Yeah, just some fun, fun little inside baseball theater merch. Mm-hmm. If it's yeah. not live. And this episode airs, it will be shortly after. So yeah. awesome. a lot of, we've been plugging away. A lot yeah, of I can't wait to 
I can't wait to see the merch. Um, I'll plug your Instagram account oh, as my yeah, thank something you. as my something wonderful. I feel like I shared something of yours like years ago, and I didn't even realize it was you guys. And I was like, this is so funny, and I like put it on. I shared it on Instagram, and uh, and then I found out it was you guys. So yeah, that's that that's so kind. It like nothing warms my heart than like. Um, kind of exactly that where somebody is a fan of the page and then they find out that it's me or our <laughs> afterwards and they're like that's yeah. you it's like yeah. <laughs> the least likely person <laughs> it's us <laughs> yeah but i i just i'm i'm such a huge fan of what you do as well so oh thank you so mutual, so mutual it's so wonderful to talk to you about the like just theater in general because your knowledge is just out of the, oh, out of the charts thanks i feel i feel the same with you guys so i'm so happy to have had you on the show and thank you so much for being on um this was so great oh so fun thank Thank you. you yeah so kind thank you all for listening to this episode of scene to song You can write to scenetosong at gmail.com with a comment or question about an episode or about musical theater, or if you'd like to be a podcast guest. Love this podcast? Help it find more listeners by rating it on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. Follow on Instagram at scenetosong, on Twitter or X at scenesong, and on Facebook at scenetosong with Shoshana Greenberg podcast. Sign up for our monthly e-newsletter at scenetosong.substack.com and contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash scenetosong where you'll get bonus material from many of the episodes. The theme music you are hearing is by Julia Meinwald and check back in two weeks for our next episode.